welcome to the 27th episode of the CCGI podcast. Our last episode featured Dr. Stephen Passmore, an assistant professor in the Faculty of Kinesiology and Recreation Management at the University of Manitoba. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Martha Funabashi. Dr. Martha Funabashi is a PhD, currently working as a clinical research scientist at CMCC. She's also a Carl Fellow and the co-lead study coordinator of SafetyNet, an international and multidisciplinary research team supporting patient safety among spinal manipulative therapy providers. Martha has a master's degree in neuroscience from the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil and comp- completed her PhD in rehabilitation sciences at the University of Alberta under, under the supervision of Dr. Greg Kochuk. Martha's research interests and passion are on the biomechanics and safety aspects of SMT. She recently won the new investigator award at the World Federation of Chiropractic Congress in 2017. She's also published important papers in these areas and works in collaboration with emerging and well-known researchers all around the world. Welcome to the show, Martha. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, with all that talk about the SafetyNet project, we're, we're hoping you could explain to us and our listeners what the SafetyNet project is. Yeah, sure. So the SafetyNet project is actually a team grant that was funded by CIHR and other um, funding agencies to look at patient safety and promote a safety culture among uh, spinal manipulation uh, therapy providers. So this team is composed or four different uh, projects and each project has one or at least one principal investigator and under the, each principal investigator there's a whole team of uh, great investigators with expertise uh, in each area so i'm going to walk through each of the projects so project one of them is a qualitative study that looked into patients' perceptions and providers' perceptions towards uh, patient safety. So the second project uh, was invo- involved health law in spinal manipulation therapy, and that project involved a little bit of uh, confidentiality of data and uh, informed consent as well. Uh, but then the other two projects are the main projects that I was involved with. So I'm going to talk about a little bit of one of the projects, which was the basic science project, which was pretty much, I was involved with it with my PhD project, and it was under the supervision of Dr. Greg Kochuk. So in that study, we looked at how the forces of uh, spinal manipulation therapy is distributed within spinal tissues. So we used a simple posterior to anterior thrust application, and we we actually changed the input parameters, so the characteristics of the manipulation itself. So we applied the manipulation at different locations, using different forces, using different methods of application, and we, we measured how much those characteristics influence on how the uh, spinal tissues were experiencing forces. And with that one, we also touched a little bit on the safety side when we compared the forces that was experienced during a manipulation with forces that was experienced during passive movements of the, 
of the spine. So simply flexion, extension, and axial rotation. So in that study of the basic science um, portion of the safety net project, uh, what we found was that depending on the forces that are used or the location in which manipulation is applied or the method in which manipulation is applied to the spine, it all makes a difference on the force distribution. So it makes it, it the forces the each spinal tissue experiences is different depending on those characteristics. And um, regarding that other study comparing spinal manipulation with passive movements, we found that um, the forces that are experienced by the spinal tissues during manipulation and passive movements, they are pretty much similar with a few exceptions. So there were a few, there were a few cases in which the forces uh, of created by manipulations uh, were different, significantly different than the ones created by passive movements. And if you think about it, it it makes sense, right? Because otherwise our patients would get better just by doing passive movements. So with this study, we show that there is something there. There is something about the manipulation that does influence the spinal tissues in a different way than um, the passive movements although most of the forces are comparable. So it gives us a sense or a hint or a trend that spinal manipulation, the forces are relatively safe. And also the other project was uh, the Active Surveillance uh, Reporting and Learning System project, which is um, a very long name, but it's basically promoting a safety culture to, uh, within spinal manipulation uh, providers, and that specifically for chiropractors and physiotherapists. So we had a survey that measured the attitudes and opinions of providers of how they think and how they act towards patient safety, as well as we implemented a reporting, an active surveillance reporting system, trying to capture pretty much a symptom change before and after uh, spinal manipulation, and specifically looking at any adverse events in the sense that we considered adverse events as any worsening or new symptom that was experienced by the patient after the manipulation. So it was really, it's really interesting, like this project is now closed and we are working on uh, analyzing the final data and writing the reports and the manuscripts, but that's basically how I got interested with uh, patient safety and spinal manipulation. Oh, that's great. I know uh, one of your co-investigators on, on the Safety Net project is, is Katie Pullman, and Katie's, uh, Katie's one of the Carl Fellows. So as one of the Carl Fellows, what can you tell us about, about Carl and how it supports emerging researchers? Yes. Uh, so I, I got to know Katie in ACC RAC meeting a few years ago, and I think it was... Uh, 
love at first sight. We <laughs> immediately connected and we knew we would be working together for years and years. And that's it's pretty much what is happening right now. We started working together during Safety Net. So when I was doing my PhD, she was in, heavily involved with the active surveillance reporting and learning system piece. And after when I transitioned from the basic science to that uh, portion of the project, she was um, fundamental into getting me up to speed and all trained. And I could um, could keep working on that for that. And uh, after that, I think it was during that time that we both applied for the CARL. So CARL is the Chiropractic Academy for Research Leadership. And it was um, envisioned, uh, it was created by Drs. Greg Kochuk, Jan Harvinson, and John Adams. And they are all three like really successful and established uh, researchers in this area. And they are uh, the purpose of CARL is pretty much supporting early career researchers towards successful research career. And it's basically when we are in early career uh, research stages, we are all facing similar challenges in the sense of balancing personal life with work and having the pressure at work to get publications, to get grants, and to, to have um, a good number and a high quality of outputs at the same time as your personal life, maybe you're establishing a family, moving into a different location. So finding that balance between personal and work life is hard, as well as as successfully proceeding in the in the career uh, as a researcher, it's very challenging as well. So Carl gives us um, first; it gives us support, so we can uh, support each other and get support from mentors to be able to go through those difficult times. But as well, it provides us with mentors their experiences and how they traveled to the, uh, through those those paths when they were in our stages and also provide us a good uh, a good number of uh, collaborations so we with Carl we have a good opportunity to collaborate with each other and the interesting thing for me is the most fascinating thing is that we can collaborate with people that you wouldn't collaborate if it wasn't for Carl. For example, my my main research interest in expertise is in biomechanics and patient safety. But at, with Carl, I'm also collaborating with um, healthcare systems and elderly elderly care and pediatrics. So there's a whole new area of research that I have interest, but I'm not an expert. But I can collaborate and I can uh, help them with whatever I can help, but mostly I can learn from them. And if I want to have a research in that area afterwards, I have them to help me with, and I have already the experience and some lessons learned from our work together. So it's it's a really good program that I'm really fortunate to be, uh, to be part of. And I do think that all the Carl Fellows will agree with me that this is right now after two meetings, like we feel 
pretty much like a family, a family, a Carl family that we can, we laugh together, we have fun together, we cry together, and we most above all, we work really hard when we are together and we are apart and we support each other and we try to be there for each other every, every time. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you're publishing really interesting work together, <laughs> which is, yes, which exactly. is, you know, for, for those, it's funny because the chiropractors who read that, that's all they see, <laughs> but, but it's, it's so much more than that. You know, even with it's, chiropractors, they were, young chiropractors can benefit from mentorship and from collaboration and from learning from peers and so you know same in the research world i would imagine exactly exactly and it is fascinating like the the output that we are having with carl for i that is something that i didn't imagine like we could have because it's just it's fascinating it's fascinating all the work that we can do together and one keep pushing the other and whenever one it's like a it's a teamwork right whenever one is overwhelmed with something the other will pick up and go from there and yeah it's it's great it's a great experience and it's a great program and and i'm sure that i mean the work you're doing with with patient safety is such compelling work because it's why we're all it's what connects us all whether we're researchers or chiropractors it's all about the patient so i'm sure that's very motivating to, to conduct that kind of work. Absolutely, yes. And one of um, one of the things that I'm going towards right now is exact, exactly the patient perspectives because we as providers, as researchers, we have in our mind what we consider adverse event or what we consider that is safe um, but uh, from the patient perspective, they might not share the same perceptions as we have. Uh, so I think um, with Carl and also here at CMCC, I'm having a great opportunity to start looking at this at this side, uh, the patient side, a little bit more. And hopefully that provides context around adverse events as well, uh, which would be really interesting, I'm sure. Exactly. It will be really interesting and I think it's very much needed, right? Because I think a lot of manual therapy providers so far, we have kind of replied like in response to whenever something comes up, we respond to it. But I think we need to be a little bit more proactive in a way of doing something, uh, doing things and ensuring that uh, that our treatment is effective and it's safe uh, before anything happens, anything serious is actually happening, right? Completely, completely agree, yeah. And and, and I was hoping you could also tell us um, about your work at CMCC. I know you're you're there right now. Uh, you, you were, it sounds like you were living in Edmonton if you were doing your PhD under, uh, with Dr. Greg Kochuk. Uh, so can you tell us about your work at CMCC? Uh, right, yeah. So yes, you're right. I was living in Edmonton during my PhD, and after my in, after doing PhD during my postdoc, and and so I was there. Uh, from from Brazil, I went straight to Edmonton 
uh, and then from Edmonton to Toronto, specifically for, for this position here at CMCC. And here uh, I am working as a clinical research scientist and I am doing some research, developing my research program. Uh, and it's basically focusing on two areas mainly. One is on the underlying mechanisms of um, spinal manipulation and the other one it's on patient safety. And within the patient safety arm, it also divides into two other arms and one is on basic science um, that I'm going to be, I have some collaborations that hopefully will start soon and hopefully will have a, will give us some interesting results. But it's basically touching on the safety aspects of manipulation. So pretty much lo really looking into the effects of manipulation in the motion segment itself of the spine um, and touching on the safety side of it and how manipulation um, forces or biomechanics compares to, for example, injury biomechanics or injury forces, as an example. And the other arm is the clinical, is the clinical arm looking at patient safety. And we are continuing on the safety net project and we are looking into reporting and learning systems here at CMCC clinics and as well as trying to identify the manipulation first time characteristics. So if the characteristics of the manipulations, uh, how are they associated with, if they are associated with clinical outcomes and physiological responses. So that's pretty much where I'm going towards. This position is great that I can dedicate myself 100% to research and I don't have any teaching requirements or um, I do have um, I do have some students that I supervise but no I don't have to prepare for classes or mark assignments which I think it is very important but it takes a lot of time from research. Well, it sounds like a lot of outside pieces of the puzzle <laughs> that need to get done. And, and we were speaking with um, Dr. Stephen Passmore last week, and he uh, mentioned how he has different percentages of time allocated to research and to, to collab collaborating within the community and, and school and teaching. And a lot of time uh, gets spent on other things. Exactly. And I think that's... Uh that's really hard, especially for early career researchers, because as I said before, I think when we are starting a new position as assistant professors or when we are trying to be successful in the research area, uh, there's a lot of pressure for us to publish a lot and get grants and get collaborations and present at conferences and do some networking. But if there's a lot of other activities that takes us from dedicating our time to 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 pursue that, I think that's that's another challenge that we have to face. So a lot of uh, professor uh, professor positions will have that challenge. And again, I am really really fortunate that I got this position here at CMCC that 
uh, it allows me to dedicate myself 100% to research, to develop my own program, and especially to what I what I love, right? <laughs> it, uh, it sounds like you've landed in a really great spot, Martha. Yes, and I'm really, really grateful and very fortunate. <laughs> Um, I have one other question. <laughs> um, have you been inspired by the Force Labs up, upstairs uh, at CMCC? Absolutely. Like, I think uh, I am still fascinated about um, the Force Sensing Tables. And I have read papers about it, but looking at it and interacting with it, it's a different thing, right? So I've, I spent some, some time at the, sim, at the simulation lab here at CMCC where students come and train, they have labs to train their techniques. And uh, it's fascinating how fast they learn when they are provided with the right feedback. So for me, the that for, for itself, it's already fascinating, but then the possibilities that we have of using this, this tool, the four sensing tables to do research, then try to understand better what are the characteristics of the treatment that we are providing that most influence on the patient outcome. For me, that's, that's fascinating and I'm really, really excited about it. So I'm starting a few projects uh, starting this investigation because right now there's nothing out there um, and I'm really, really looking forward to what we are going to find and I think it will be very interesting and very exciting. Oh, absolutely. Um, the only unfortunate thing is if you go up to the sim lab, it means you're dealing with Dave Starmer and that's, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well. Dave Sarver is is a piece so much fun. He's so much nice, and he's been we've we've been having a lot of conversation of possible uh, studies, the ideas that he has, the ideas that I have, and we are we are we are creating this great team that I think we we will create a lot of interesting and important results in the near future. So it will be it will be great. Well, I think we've probably taken up enough of your time, Martha. I want to I want to th really thank you for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you with us today. Uh, to all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in throughout 2018, and we look forward to bringing you our next guest in 2019. Thank Bye you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It was a, gl a great p pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>